0: Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host Albert, and this here is episode 32, All You Zombies. Hey everybody, happy February. This episode's gonna be a big one. It's all about zombies. February is zombie month here at the One Player Podcast, at least the first half of February is. Let's talk about some news. First off and it's actually rated today's game, is If I'm Going Down is now available on Amazon. We're on Game Salute with free shipping. Next up, the game Bremerhaven will be released in mid-2013. This game is going to be published by Lookout Games. It is uh, similar in style, and as a matter of fact, it looks a lot like Le Havre. It's a one-to-four-player game. It's similar to Le Havre with, like I said, similar artwork, and it's also a complex economic game. Now, when I say similar, I mean... You know, at first glance, you think it's Lahav. Same colors, same fonts, all that stuff. Next up, Urbion has been spotted in Canada. That's right. The game that was supposed to be released two years ago eventually put on the shelves in Canada as Equilibrium, spent about a week on the shelves, was pulled. It was then renamed to Urbion and is finally available in Canada again, which means it's just a matter of time before it comes into the U.S. In case you don't remember, this is the follow-up to... Onirim by Shady Torbe. Next, there is a new expansion for Elder Sign. It has been announced. It's not available yet. It's called Unseen Forces. It looks like it brings a lot of new cards, new monsters, new locations. It brings two dice, a cursed die and a blessed die. So it looks like this game, which is often called Arkham Horror Light, is now suddenly less light than it used to be and a lot more like Arkham Horror. Anyway, I don't know when it'll be released exactly, but it's Fantasy Flight and they tend not to announce games until they're close to being ready to release it. Where there is Discord, which I've mentioned recently, is now open for pre-orders. You could get that done through the publisher's website. I believe the pre-orders would not be open for very long, so if you're interested in it, sign up soon. Alright, so... Today's episode, as I said, is about zombies. More specifically, it's about a game called If I'm Going Down, published by Van Ryder Games and designed by AJ Porfirio. So today's episode, not only am I going to look at the game in detail, but I'm first going to interview AJ. It's an interesting discussion. I really enjoyed uh, talking to him, and I think you'll enjoy listening to us. Anyway, let's uh, go ahead and jump into that. Right, So I'd like to say hello to AJ Porfidio um, from Van Ryder Games and designer of If I'm Going Down and a couple other games. So hello, AJ.
1: Hey, Albert. How are you doing?
0: Doing all right. So yes, I want to talk to you today, because, especially because of If I'm Going Down, which, uh, which I've played a few times and really liked, and I'm planning on interviewing on the same episode, or reviewing on the same episode. So I'd like to just ask you a few questions you know, about yourself and about your company and the games and all that. First off, Van Rider Games, I like the name. and Where did that come from? Because at first I figured it was just the guy's last name or something. And then I noticed the the logo of the company is a is guy riding a van. And I realized <laughs> maybe there's more going on here.
1: Yeah, that, that kind of was – so the name came first and then the logo followed naturally behind. But uh, the name is basically – derived from um, the middle names of my first two sons. I have three boys now, uh, but at the time, we only had two. Uh, and my my oldest son is named William Vance is his middle name. I and uh, our second son is Caleb Ryder. So my wife actually came up with the idea, and she was like, what about you know, Vance Ryder or something? And I was like, or, or you could shorten it and do like Van Ryder. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So that's kind of where that came from, and then from there, you know, it was only natural to make the logo, you know, a guy riding on top of a van. So. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I thought it was some sort of Cthulhu with tentacles or something, or a Cthulhu van.
1: Oh, I have to look <laughs> at that. See if I can see that. That's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, so you guys have published, I guess, three games now. Which is or two games, hostage negotiator, and there's another one on your website, compo negotiate.
1: Yeah, so really, I've only we've only published one game. Well, so uh, if I'm going down, is what I consider um, our first and only published game. Uh, before that, I did a couple print-on-demand games. Um, the first being organized chaos, and then um, the second being kind of component negotiate, the one you've mentioned. Organized chaos I consider to be a finished game. Capone negotiate. It, it was something I entered in a, a contest, a game design contest, mm-hmm. um, and obviously there was time constraints, and I got it to a point where it was it was playable. It was pretty fun, and I entered it in the contest, and I never really went back to it and um, and you know really kind of finished it and, and made it kind of a final game, but. It is out there, I mean it kind of works, but uh, certainly not up to the standard I would want to to put out there and and do a, a full print run on
0: uh, okay okay do, do either of those games support solitaire play or are they strictly multiplayer
1: uh, both of those are strictly multiplayer yeah
0: okay do you do you do a lot of solitaire gaming
1: I do um you know I, I talked about my boys so they're all five and under so I have three okay. three kids five and under which makes uh can make getting out for game night difficult at times um yeah but you know I have been able to, to do that to to game more recently but yeah I am a big solo gamer um I like to get out games and play solo and you know the whole re- the whole way I came up with if I'm going down is because I had gotten last night on Earth, but I didn't have anyone to play it with, and so I said, "Hey, why don't I just design a, a zombie game that I can play solo?" And that's kind of that was kind of the genesis of it.
0: Okay, cool. What are, what are some of your favorite solitary games?
1: Oh geez, so to me, uh, I I think Friday is probably one of the quintessential solo games out there, Uh it's actually you know one of my goals for Hostage Negotiator was to make. A game that people would rather play than Friday, <laughs> which <laughs> okay. is a, a tall and lofty goal. And, you know, if I get halfway to it, I think I'll have a really good game. Um, but, yeah, I think Friday is a great game. Uh, it plays quickly and, and there's a, a lot of fun and has some strategy to it. It's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually love playing uh, Arkham Horror solo. I probably like playing it solo more than I do with other people um, to be honest because I can move at a brisk pace. The game can drag when you play with Mm -hmm. other players. Um, And I just, I think it works really
0: well. Yeah. I tried that one the other night. I pulled it out and I, I probably spent about an hour, probably half an hour sitting up and about an hour playing. And eventually I was like, well, it's pretty late and I guess I'm done because I hadn't played it in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a big game. I mean, you got to, I've gotten to where I can set it up, you know, in fifteen minutes. Uh, but yeah, if, if you don't remember, or you haven't played in a long time, it could take uh, it could take a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going through the rulebook step by step and digging through and figuring out which cards are what. Yeah, so it was slow. Yeah. It was slow. It was yeah still a fun fun Yeah, it's game.
1: definitely one you gotta gotta allocate some time for.
0: <laughs> All right. So so let me ask you or talk to you a little bit about if I'm going down. Um. So you already told me about where that game came from. You said it was from a. Uh, I already forgot the name of the game. Last night on Earth. Last night on Earth. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's a cooperative game.
1: It, it c- kind of is. So you, it's kind of almost like a team game because you have one player or two players controlling the zombies, and then up to four players uh, controlling the characters. So, I mean, it is competitive. Z- Zombicide is what you may be thinking oh. of. Um, that's pure co-op. But uh, but that wasn't even out when. Oh, okay. Kind of when I got Last Night on Earth a, a few years ago.
0: And so you you designed the game by yourself entirely and then f- got it funded through Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started designing the game, um, gosh, 2000 end of the year 2010. And then by end of the year 2011, I put the Kickstarter up in October. Um, it's almost a full year of development. And then... Uh, actually, finally released the backers in September. Well, yeah, early September 2012. Uh, finally got the printing and everything done uh, from the Kickstarter.
0: Oh, okay. Is the Kickstarter the, the edition that went to the backers to save the same that that's available non-retail?
1: Yep, absolutely. Okay. So it's the same exact game. Uh, everything the Kickstarter. Well, in the in the base box, everything the Kickstarter's got. Uh, you can get. Um, through purchase
0: uh, of the game now. Okay, I've gotten confused because I've seen a white box when I think when I looked at Kickstarter, there was a white box and, and a BGG also.
1: Uh oh, the that cover you're talking about the gray cover art. Yeah. That yeah that was before I even had anything designed for the box. Just kind of the, that was like the cover art I had just for the Kickstarter project.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I think I updated the BGG. At least the main page for it to show the
0: it, I think it does, ground. but <laughs> yeah then the but then I see the white picture and so that was just throwing me off,
1: oh yeah, no that was that was from from the Kickstarter,
0: okay okay, I really like that art on the on the game I gotta say that it's just it's really creepy a lot of the, a lot of the other games I think even some of the zombie games they're you know they're sort of creepy but never quite there, but this one is just downright gory.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I take every chance I can to, to, um, give props to the artists. Um, the first one was Aaron Wong. And then later, um, uh, when there came kind of some, some pressures, uh, after the Kickstarter to finish the art, um, I actually signed on Gary Simpson as well, who, who did, you know, an excellent job also. Um, but both fantastic, but, um, uh, you know, I think Aaron did a little more of the art, so it's probably his style you see mostly, but um, they, their styles mesh really well. So
0: Yeah, I didn't realize there was two artists there.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, the, you can look on the cards. It actually says at the bottom um, it gives credit to, to which one of the artists it was if you're curious.
0: Okay. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I love the – there's the one where the guy's got his eyeball just hanging out.
1: Yeah, then, Mr. Michelage, who who I hear is a mutual friend of ours.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that, yeah. that's one of my favorite cards, and the one with the the guy dragging his two dead dogs on leashes.
1: Yeah, uh, that was that was pretty cool because that was actually um, to kind of build some buzz for the Kickstarter. I put that I put a a, a thread up and said, "Hey, you know, guys, BGG got guy community." Uh, give me your ideas what kind of zombie would you like to see in a zombie game and so everyone threw out all their different um, you know ideas of what you know what they'd like to see and we ended up with a good kind of top five or so and i put it to a vote and the 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 dog walker zombie with the dead dogs kind of won out so that was the brainchild of of uh of some bgg Uh, Enthusiasts, so that was pretty cool. Okay,
0: cool. cool. I'm gonna have to look for that thread because I want to see what the other ones were.
1: Yes, some of I actually like some of the other ones so much I put them in the game. So um, the the nibbler, the clown. Uh huh. uh, There was a description you'll you'll see when you see if you look it up, very similar to kind of how his art ended up. Uh, And then one of the promo cards, which is uh, Miss U or is Ursula. So she's a teacher. That was like this, the runner-up,
0: uh, okay.
1: In, in the voting, and so she made it in as a promo.
0: Okay, very cool. We haven't actually talked about how the game works at all, really, and I'm gonna go into more detail on that later on. Anyway, but here basically you're you're one or two people standing up against the armies that are just or hordes of zombies that are just attacking you, and you're sort of just making a, a last stand against them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's
0: right. So when when you made this, you said it was the idea was for it to be a solitaire game, or did you plan to make it one or two player game also?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. So when I when I conceived it, I was just thinking about it as a solitaire uh, solo game. Uh, as I kind of was designing it and developing it, you know, you know, you're getting ideas from folks left and right, and there was you know a lot of uh, a lot of folks out there really pushing me to for you know, for it to support more than one player. And so, you know, I took a look at it and tried it out with two players and it, you know, it worked well. And so I went ahead and, and added that, um, capability for it to, to work for two and it can work with more if you have a couple copies of the game. But honestly, I think, you know, it can start to drag a little bit. Um, if that doesn't bother mm. folks and they just like absolutely love slaying zombies, then you know they, you know, they could play it forever, but uh, I think it fits best when it plays, you know, in an hour plus or minus, you know, fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, which you can easily do um, with two player and certainly one player. Uh, but you know, as you start to add past that, it gets a little long. But yeah, I mean, original, you know, I designed it from the bottom up as a solo, and then um, second player support actually came later. Usually, it's the opposite, right, where people design for multiplayers, and then they'll try to figure out a way to make it play solo.
0: Yeah. And that seems to be especially true for, for the Euro games.
1: Yeah. Um. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just for me though, that was, that was the reason I was doing it was so, you know, to have a great game that played well um, solo.
0: Okay. That, that's pretty neat. It must be really satisfying to have, to have uh, come up with a game you want to play and have a, a nice published version in a box and everything.
1: Oh, it's, Yeah, it's very gratifying. Um, I I mean, I can't thank the the Kickstarter backers and supporters enough as well as those who continue to purchase the game after the Kickstarter. Um, You know The support's been been fantastic and I'm very appreciative of each and every supporter out there.
0: You had mentioned, I saw on BGD that it's available on Amazon now with free shipping and um, through Game Salute also. I got mine at, at the local game store. Do you... Is it available at all local game stores, also, or?
1: It's available at select um, game stores. I mean, it just depends if if they choose to stock it. Right. Uh, okay. We do fulfillment through Game Salute, so uh, they you can get it through any of the stores can get it from them if they want it. Okay. And yeah, so it, it is out there in the wild. It just uh, you know, if anyone's listening, wants uh, wants their store to to order them a copy, uh, just let the let the folks at the store know, um, and they can get their hands on it.
0: Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, it occurred to me you said it was free shipping through those, and I said, well, you know, it's free shipping if you just go pick it up at the store.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's better than free shipping. You get it right then yeah, and there. Same yeah, day,
0: same-day service. <laughs> Can't beat that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you have any plans for any expansions for the game?
1: You know, I'd, I'd love to do an expansion for the game. Um, I, I need to – I need to – there needs to be support for it, right? So um, sales have done okay. Um, they haven't done well enough where I'm ready to say absolutely yes. There's going to be an expansion. Now I will say that no matter what happens, there will be content. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, if if I don't ever if there's never enough demand to support uh, going for an expansion, then uh, there will still be Scenarios and things that I put on the website, uh, either for free or a nominal amount, um, that kind of the, the the core folks that really enjoy the game can can uh, can enjoy and benefit from. And I mean, you you saw that you were part of. I did a mm-hmm. an event last Halloween, uh, taking back to town, which you know, was a whole lot of fun, and a lot of people got really got into it.
0: Yeah, that was a neat event, and uh, yeah, participate. I participated in it, and then I got to get a copy of that zombie, or that giant zombie card from it. After I played it, you know, there was a story that went with it. I think later on I was looking at Kickstarter or somewhere, and I realized that some of the names from the story had come up in the past. So, do do you have a whole a whole canon of fiction going on with this also, behind the scenes?
1: Yeah, so. This is, I think, one of the areas where Kickstarter supporters actually get a little more oomph for for kind of being being there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the the pro- main promo characters, uh, it was a bonus character that came to the Kickstarters, was Agent Zero. Mm-hmm, yep. And she uh, what is the reason and the origin of why the zombie apocalypse happened in the world of If I'm Going Down. Okay, now, one of the perks though was a one and, you know, looking back, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about making exclusives, but the Kickstarter cards were exclusive to Kickstarter. I promised them that they would not be available anywhere else. Um, uh, so unfortunately folks like yourself and who get mm-hmm. the game down the road, uh, if they want to procure those, they gotta, they gotta bribe someone that, yeah. that back the Kickstarter to get them. But anyway, um with that came the origin story. So I wrote up the origin story of agent zero and how everything happened. But that also was a promise like, Hey, only you guys are going to get to read this and know exactly what happened.
0: Uh, okay. So, so there is a, a published story out there somewhere.
1: Yeah. So, okay. uh, um, there's, well, there's two. So there's, there is, if you go on my website, you can actually get to, um, If you go to the if I'm going down page, there's a link, and you may have to look a little bit for it, but it says, "Hey, there's kind of a document on the ground. Click here to pick it up, or something to that effect." Okay. Uh, And you can read kind of the you know it's basically what it is is it's a zombie intelligence agency uh, welcome book. Okay. And it gives some background, um, which you know I thought was a kind of a neat way of of giving some background on. Why is there a zombie intelligence agency and and what's going on? So it gets you part of the story, and then the Agent Zero um, piece gets you kind of lets those folks in on like everything that happened.
0: I see. I had no idea there was a story until I until I played the uh, scenario for the Halloween scenario you did,
1: and then then I got
0: the sense of it at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There is.
0: And I did enjoy knowing that there was a story, even though I don't know what happened. Because I guess I figured, you know, maybe it's going to be revealed later on, or something, or more details will be revealed over time. So I enjoyed that story aspect.
1: Yeah, so you know, a little bit, you know, I gave a little bit more of the story in the taking back the town scenario, uh, which kind of ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger uh, that will be kind of fleshed out as we do more of those kind of events or or kind of web scenarios.
0: But the, when I – you sent out the card and the the scenario for the taking back the town is you could buy it through the website, but it didn't give any of the story in the items I received. So is the story available for, for somebody that will get it now?
1: So the – well, the trick with that was the, the story uh, was based on – a group event, right? So, in Taking Back the Town, and we should explain it because you and I were involved, but the folks listening probably don't know what we're talking about. But basically, what I did is uh, I made it so that you know everyone's playing solo or two-player, right? But we set it up so there was groups of nine people, so nine people playing, you know, around the world, basically. They all play their own game, but they're part of a group and all their scores kind of combine together to dictate what happened in the story, right? So, uh, you know, real briefly, you kind of find yourself in a band and you're outside of this town and, you you know, Rego, this, you know, ex-ZIA agent puts this plan together to go, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to take back the town from the zombies. We're going to clear out the zombies and then we can kind of exist in a community in the t- in the town, uh, and so that's where the kind of the the scenario starts. And then everyone plays their own right. You're on the top of a building to start the scenario, and you know you play through it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's individual stories right for you. So you as a solo, you get uh, kind of what happens to you within that within your frame of reference at that point. Well with the special event with all the nine folks playing together, how they all did as sort of a team dictated what happened in the group story. Um, So when anyone who's purchased the, the uh, taking back the town scenario, they get the solo story, but I mean, I, I suppose I could send a group story, but it doesn't make much sense.
0: Um, I see what you mean. Yeah. Unless like they're going to play it at a convention or something like that.
1: Yeah, you could play it at a convention, or I guess you could set something up at your um, local game store. Uh, and, I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have to have nine. It's not a huge deal. So, uh, you know, you, you have a good point. Maybe I should make that available uh, just to anyone who, who gets it.
0: I, I do like the story about it, so I am glad I got to participate in that
1: yeah i'm not i mean I, i'm certainly not trying to like, keep the story from anyone or anything like that i just uh i don't know i didn't want to confuse anyone uh who who got it kind of after the fact
0: gotcha yeah that, now that you've explained it, it does make sense because if i got that and that we're in there and i'm playing by myself then i'd never get the score to to do on the story and that sort of thing so the game brings two other scenarios and you can make your own scenarios also it Kind of give some suggestions on how to go about doing that. To be honest, i never heard to me even try that yet. I've only played the first scenario. Oh, okay. Just can't do very well with it. I haven't gotten past that at all. Hmm. And like the last game I played, I got one point. You know, <laughs> 30 points is going from losing to, I think, just sort of average. Yeah, I think 30 is low th- and, and,
1: or about 30 medium.
0: Yeah. So, so one's pretty, pretty pathetic.
1: Yeah, that that happens. It's kind of it's a, a little bit humorous, right? And mm-hmm. we can have, one of my good friends. Uh, I was playing with our first time playing, or his first time playing the production copy at Gen Con last year, and we sat down to play each other's games. He's a, a designer as well, and uh, <laughs> we we played a game and like, like you said, I mean, it just nothing went right. The occurrences like. Were the worst ones we could possibly get. The fate deck wasn't nice to us, and like we ended up with like two points. But that <laughs> was the most memorable game that we played. We played two or three games. That's the one we remember, just for how bad it was. It went, but it was fun, <laughs> it right? I mean, up. we were like, you know, kind of just laughing at it, like because it was just one of those things where nothing went right, and you know, unfortunately, in the zombie world, that happens, and there are those that die quickly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's right. I, mean, I threw my hands up in frustration, but you know, it, it was a a happy frustration, just at how bad things had gone for the character that I played. And you had mentioned before, just I had meant to ask you, but I didn't want to interrupt. When you said the Kickstarter campaign had the Agent Zero character, you mean as a player character? Yes. Is that what you meant right. by that? Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. So let me jump on to Hostage Negotiator, which is the game you have currently got play testing, and I've gotten to participate in um so can you tell us more about that game
1: yeah definitely so i i don't know you know me and you you know we we love our solo games but they're you know we're definitely a niche within a niche but um so for whatever reason i you know have this sickness where a lot of the games i think of are solo games um (laughs) and hostage negotiator is no exception um just brainstorming on thinking about themes and what what themes are, is there not much, um, support or, or is there anything done for in board games? And, you know, kind of hostage negotiators came up and I'm trying to, you know, usually think of dramatic situations, like what would make for a really interesting situation to be in. And so I thought of hostage negotiator and, uh, you know, I figure it's kind of, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, that'd be a great two player game. But I really didn't. I wanted him to be sensitive because it is a little bit of a, you know, sensitive kind of theme, and, mm-hmm. and I wanted. I didn't want people playing. You know, just my personal preference, and I know it's fiction, and people can separate that. But, but I didn't want anyone playing the what I what we call in the game abductor. Or you can think of them as a a terrorist or a hostage taker, um, just because you know that, and then. I didn't want to, you know, a lot of people said, you know, why didn't you, why maybe make, um, cards for the different hostages? And like, but I intentionally wanted to keep the hostages, you know, depersonalized. Um, so I mean, they're just, they're just bits, right? They're mean cubes or mm-hmm. if they're, you know, I don't know if they will be cardboard cutouts or whatever, but it's, um, uh, I definitely will keep them depersonalized because, you don't ever know, like, when someone – like, if I named one of them Uncle Joe, right, and you – let's say you had a horrible experience and your Uncle Joe was a hostage and you know, oh, yeah. didn't make it out. Like, I don't want to bring that back up for you. <laughs> that would be horrible. Like, and I mean, maybe just the game being hostage negotiator would anyway, but that would be way worse, yeah, right? I
0: like, blame you for my Uncle Joe. Yeah, or, yeah, hopefully it wouldn't be blame,
1: <laughs> blaming me, but, but you know. So anyway i I kind of went off on a tangent there, but i I like to make that clear to people that I'm not just like throwing a game out there and taking the subject matter lightly um, but yeah, so so yeah, I mean, I kind of you know thought of this game in my head and decided, you know, I think that sounds really interesting i'm gonna I'm gonna try to try to make something for that and so from the beginning i I, I wanted to have the game focus on the conversations between you hostage negotiator and then the, the abductor you're talking to. So the game takes place over the course of multiple conversations. You know, you're picking up the phone and talking to the abductor. And then at some point, uh, he gets mad and hangs up or you decide you're not making any ground and you, you know, in the conversation. And, uh, then he goes off and does something right. So the game has a little bit of a deck building feel, although there's no deck. Um, Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause you can you know, you buy cards from a central area, much like a Dominion or, you know, every other deck building game out there. Um, but they go straight into your hand. That's right. Which this has always been one thing in deck building games, you know, that can be a little frustrating is that you buy these great cards and then it gets shuffled somehow to the bottom and you get it like one time, right?
0: That's right. And every time it shows up it's the wrong card in that hand yeah, it's the wrong card at the wrong time or, like, the other cards it comes with is,
1: like, you know, not helpful. So, this absolutely, 100% gets rid of that. So, you know, I, I won't say you, you don't... I mean, you still have to buy cards, so it's not like you can get any card combinations you want, but if you work towards it, you can you can do, you know, a lot to control what cards you're getting when. Uh, now, you know, you do to use dice to resolve the cards, so... There's definitely mm-hmm. an element of luck, um, which you know, some people, you know, don't have a problem with it and really enjoy it, and then there's others that think maybe there's a little too much luck in the game. Um,
0: yeah, it depends how well I do from game to game on how I feel about that. Okay. I, I think if I'm winning, I love the luck. If I'm losing, I hate the luck. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> kind of
1: it's interesting you say that because I find that. Usually, the people that make a comment about luck did not have a successful game, and they feel like they didn't have as much control as they want and so a lot of times I need to it's hard as a designer to decide if that's truly the case or if they're just expressing disappointment that they weren't able to win the game or do better in the game, if that makes sense yep um and that's a super fine line. Like, you know, I think they would all tell you it's, it's not because I didn't win the game, but no one, you know, well, it's much rarer to get that comment at for someone who's won the game. Uh, and I, and I, mm-hmm. I just came from, um, unpub, which is an unpublished game convention. Uh, I was there this last weekend, so I kind of got to see a lot of that firsthand and it was just, it's just interesting how people perceive the game differently uh, when they win or when they lose, and ninety percent plus of the people who play this game lose the first game
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so it's pretty it's pretty interesting in that way which that alone I mean makes me feel really good that there is strategy and you do have some control uh, because as you learn the game you can win much higher you can win at a much higher rate than you know ten percent of the time.
0: Yeah, you know, I haven't gone back to look up how often I've been winning or anything every time I've played, but yeah, I, I bet you it's gone up because I definitely feel like I do have more control every time now.
1: Well, that's the other thing. So that makes me really happy too, right? Because honestly, like, yeah, winning's awesome. And it, like, a lot of times comes down to the last roll. That's really fun and awesome when you win like that. But, like, it makes me happy that you – because you're enjoying the game whether you win or lose you haven't been like keeping track and i don't want it to be a game that you your enjoyment of it um stems on whether or not you won or lost
0: yeah you know and i think if people stop to think about it they probably get the most enjoyment not whether they win or lose but whether it was a close game or not
1: yeah very good point very good
0: yeah because like you said the the, that's what's memorable So like you remember specific events, and if you're really close at the end to win or lose, you're going to remember those details about it.
1: Or at least um, even like if you had a chance, right? Like yeah. And a lot of the feedback from you and others, you know, I've made changes uh, with that exact thing in mind. Because uh, like you and others, there were some games I had, you know, uh, when playtesting that I would know, you know, usually definitely you know with one turn left and sometimes with two or more turns left that I wasn't going to win. So I put some changes in that make that situation uh very mm. unlikely. And so, you know, it just it's a testament to the feedback and how valuable playtesters are.
0: How much playtesting has been done?
1: A really good amount um between I mean, so I have you and then maybe like three or four others who have really played the game a lot and by a lot for, for those out there listening, I'm talking like 15, 20 or more times. Um, and that's awesome. Like to have people of their own accord playing a game that much is really cool, uh, and super helpful. So, and then after that, I mean, there's, you know, another five to 10 who have played, you know, upwards of you know five ten times and then i uh, you know you have some others you just play a couple times but everyone that plays it once or more will have some feedback that's valuable mm-hmm. so i mean but and then i've probably you know i've probably played i don't know some of you guys are catching up to me but i'm, I'm sure i've played i don't i haven't counted but you know probably around 50 times i think wow okay uh, and that's you know through all the different iterations. Obviously, like before I even sent it to anyone,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. it
1: played you know quite a few a few games. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been played quite a bit, and I'm ecstatic about it. And uh, there's been a little bit of a buzz after Pub I'm really excited about, and I've had you know a a lot of requests in the last four days to to help with playtesting.
0: Oh, very cool. So how 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 is it coming along in the? in terms of where in the process are you, do you think you're getting close to publishing at this point or?
1: So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm calling the current version beta advance. and to me it's, it's really close. So I I feel like I'm in the stage where there's no more major tweaks to be done, you know, unless something comes to light that just hasn't been seen, which is certainly possible. Mm Mm-hmm most of the changes at this point will be minor. Um, and so, you know, I've already, I've secured artists. Um, I'm very excited about that. So here soon after I've made a few tweaks from, from, uh, feedback from unpub and here over the next week or two, it's going to go to, to production for art. Um, and then, so I'd say, you know, re- probably within three to six months of, of, uh, of a kickstarter for us oh, okay
0: where was i so, okay so yes yeah, so you're gonna use a kickstarter and yeah i mean that could always change okay. that's yeah
1: and right now yeah it's gonna be yeah. interesting that's for sure i don't know if there's ever been a pure solo game kicks i'm sure there i'm sure there has but i, know I can't there, think of any there hasn't been many if there, you know if if any
0: yeah, most of the stuff is – most of the stuff usually it's a multiplayer game that happens to support Solitaire Play or it's just a cooperative game.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it could – I mean, honestly, like it could go up there and like d- just do horribly <laughs> it's solo game. I don't know. I, I, you know what? I'm going to pitch it as I really think to me and what I want it to be is I look at it as almost a gateway to solo games not a gateway game necessarily. Although I think it's, you know, simple enough that you could look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm almost looking at it as a gateway. Like if, if, what I want people to do is if you've never played a solo or you're like, I don't like solos, why would I want to play solo? I want them to try hostage negotiator. I want you to just like try it out, see what you think. Cause I think just how quickly it plays and it's engaging, um, I think it will bring to light for, for people uh, that solo game can be fun. It can be, uh, really interesting.
0: Yeah. And and I think, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but I think it's a theme people could associate with in that everybody's seen a movie or a TV show with a scene with a hostage negotiation going on and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, so it's familiar to everybody.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And themes like really important to me. Um, practically, you know, most of the games that I, I'm going to publish for Van Ryder games, whether they're mine or, or someone else's, are going to have um, a strong theme uh, component.
0: Okay. Do you like dark themes, I guess? I mean, Hostage and Ghostage is a little bit dark. If I'm going down, it's pretty dark. Um,
1: I do. That's not necessarily been my strategy. It's just kind of worked out that way. So, I like interesting situations, and I like to think of how a game would kind of mechanically portray those situations. So I've always loved zombies. That was just kind of a, a zombies, and you know, I changed that up to make it different from other zombie games in that you don't survive, which mm-hmm. actually other, other 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 zombie game out there does that. Uh, but and then hostage negotiators just. The, the just the conversations back and forth and the mental jousting and negotiating is just fascinating to me. And so that's where that one came from. I mean, yeah, I, I don't sit there, I don't sit here and like, you know, come up with dark thoughts. What the <laughs> next, you know, although I'm a huge fan of like the horror themed games and like, so, you know, it's kind of, I mm-hmm. guess, six of one, half a dozen of the other type of deal.
0: <laughs> okay so do you have any any other games planned right now or in the distant f- uh, future
1: well, so I'm always uh seeking out games from other designers, so you know i I get submissions on occasion I look at those uh but for myself um the any other games I have right now are in pretty early early stage development, so I guess I think I'm really ready to start talking about yet
0: right okay. Are you gonna do you think you're gonna keep focusing on solitaire or not necessarily or, or what?
1: Um, it'll always be something I come back to. I think you know, I you know, the game ideas I have that are in early stages, um can't think of any right now that are certainly not pure solitaire. But I mean part of my um publishing label, I think I I really want solitaire to be a big focus. So if I can make the game play solitaire i'm going to um and i say that meaning it has to work i'm not just gonna like, oh, right. every van game is <laughs> gonna play solitaire just because some games just don't work that way
0: <laughs> yeah so uh um, yeah, yeah and if you're gonna publish a game it's not gonna work solitaire you know well that's okay too really exactly yeah i'm not gonna
1: go out of my way just to, so i can say every game i've ever published play solitaire like you know if it if it does and it and it warrants that kind of play, then absolutely I will I will pursue that. Uh, if not, I mean, pure competitive games, you know, it's just something you're never going to be able to make solitaire. But you know, most co-op games, whether they have solitaire or not, can be played that way. So you know, any of those types of games I do, mm-hmm. I certainly be able to play solo. And then you know, I have some other ideas for some pure solos too. Okay, uh, so.
0: Very cool. Any Lovecraftian push your luck kind of toweling games out there?
1: You know, I've considered Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know it well enough to to design for it. Um, I've never like read any of the you know any fiction. Really, honestly, I didn't know anything about Lovecraft before I got into board gaming. So
0: okay, okay. Uh, Ark- That's when right, you say you played Arkham Horror
1: as much. You know. I, I I'd like to say I've learned a lot of, about it from playing Arkham and other board games, but I don't feel you know without doing some research that I'm equipped, at least not to do anything heavy story based, which is how mm-hmm. I do
0: it. Yeah, and you know Arkham Horror, it's it's Lovecraftian definitely, but it's it's not quite right in that it's mm-hmm. well you have a chance of winning. Right, that that's a problem. Oh. <laughs> Crafting theme is always people are doomed to die, and there's this great horror out there that's eventually going to devour us, and we just have to accept that as we go insane.
1: We could retheme if I'm going down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I like instead of uh, zombies, we have deep ones or something.
1: Yeah, we could. I mean, it's certainly you are going to go down. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting.
0: I don't think I have any other specific questions to ask. Okay. Um I've definitely enjoyed talking to you and I've enjoyed the opportunity to, to play test uh Hostage Negotiator.
1: Oh yeah, you're on the list, man. You're on the list now. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting an email whether you like it or not. Oh
0: man. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> you can always turn things down, but but uh, you've just been so helpful with this. So, uh,
0: yeah, as time permits, I lo- you know I like to try out games and I'm happy to play test and give my opinions whether they're right or wrong.
1: And there's no wrong opinion, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you know every you know you just as a you know as a game designer, you gotta you gotta be open to all feedback. There's some kind of feedback that you know may hurt your ego if you are have a really strong feeling for your game, but well you know even the harshest feedback, like even if you know someone's very vague and just says they hate it, you can always ask follow up questions and find try to find out why.
0: That's right. That's true.
1: So yeah, yeah. no, all feedbacks good feedback.
0: Cool. Could you have any, any last words or anything before we go? I mean,
1: I guess I would just, you know, plug if I'm going down, if anyone's interested in that, they can find that on gamesalute.com, uh, who just, um, like, like we mentioned earlier has free shipping now, uh, Mm -hmm. and game retails for $30, uh, And then uh, look for Hostage Negotiator later this year uh, up on Kickstarter.
0: Very cool. Thank you, AJ. All right. Thanks. Okay, Okay, man. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. As I've already mentioned, today's game is If I'm Going Down by AJ Porfidio, which you just heard. It is a dying card game, according to the box. It is published by Van Ryder Games and was released in 2012. So... If I'm going down is a zombie game. It's a game about one person or two or more of you playing with other, with friends about standing up against uh, an attacking horde of zombies. They're coming at you and you're sort of making your final stand and pretty much you're gonna die in the game. It's just a matter of how long you can last before the zombies get to you so it's, it's definitely a grim game and um, and I think that's what's part of the fun about the game. So let me tell you what you get. It's a small box. It's about half a sheet of, the size of half a sheet of paper, about five and a half by eight and a half, more or less. In the box, you get a zombie deck, which is 55 cards, a fate deck, which is 41 cards, six character cards, six inventory tracking cards, three reference cards, which are large oversized cards, a bunch of game tokens, and three scenario cards, which are also oversized cards, and a rule book And a scenario book. So let me tell you a little bit more about each of the components. The zombie deck is just that. It's a deck of zombie cards. Each card has a picture of a zombie and has some attributes about it. Basically how tough they are to kill and if they have any special abilities. There's two standard zombies. A standard female and a standard male. And then besides that, there's a bunch of unique zombies. All the zombie cards have really gruesome art. It's not cute at all and it's very gory. There's blood, there's broken limbs, there's muscles, etc, etc. The zombie deck also has occurrence cards. When you draw these, instead of having a zombie that you play on the board, it's going to have one of six effects that could happen. Each occurrence card has a, a different list of six effects. They're generally bad, but not always. What happens when you draw one of those... You then draw a fate card, and depending what fate card you get, you re- you resolve one of those six different effects. Some of the effects are one-time things, like you lose whatever's in your hand and it falls on the floor, maybe, or it might be something like you cannot use a ranged weapon while this card's in play. And the cards that are in play stay in play until another card, another occurrence happens, that stays in play. I'll get more into that later, though. The fate deck is basically a deck of equipment and things you could find but it's also used to to resolve combats and and other ability checks and that sort of thing that deck has a bunch of equipment a bunch of cards that are equipment and that and that kind of stuff plus there's some cards that say no luck and if you draw those it's just it's an empty card nothing happens basically the character cards have information about them like a descriptive text has pictures it tells you what It also tells you what bonuses and what negative attributes your character has. And finally, there's Equipment Tracker cards. These cards are basically placeholders so you can put your equipment on and keep track of how many you have. And if you have a a weapon that uses rounds, how many rounds are left in that weapon. When you're playing, you generally have two hands you could hold stuff with. You have two spaces on your body and some number of spaces on the ground. Exactly what's available depends on the scenario you're playing and the scenario cards, since they're since I just mentioned them, basically will tell you how to set up the board, where the draw decks come from, what spaces are available for the zombies to move on, uh, how many cards you're gonna draw and that sort of thing. Excuse me. And what the win lose conditions are. And on the back there's some flavor text also. So when you're playing if you're just playing a basic scenario, you can pick one of the two that come in the box and it's going to tell you how to set up the zombies. So you, it's going to tell you you have three draw decks and where to set them up. And the zombies are all going to move to your central location from which you never move. The central location could be right in front of you and all the zombies are attacking from one direction. Or it could be one of the other scenarios, the intersection. You sit in the middle and the zombies come at you from the four cardinal points. And the way the zombies are going to move, it's it's in a grid. So each there's spaces on this grid for each card to move on. Again, those spaces are defined by the scenario. They're going to be drawn from the draw decks and placed in the space next to that draw deck. And then each turn they're going to move towards you one space at a time. But I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. Let's go through a game turn. You've already set up the board with the different starting locations for the zombies. You've got your character. You're going to draw some number of equipment from the fate deck. And then start the game. So the first part of every turn is the zombie entrance phase. You're going to flip over the top cards from each zombie deck and place it on the grid in the appropriate space. They're generally zombie cards, but sometimes they're these occurrence cards. The zombie cards go on the grid. The occurrence cards go off to the side. You're going to draw a fake card. Each fake card has a symbol, depending on whether it's a a weapon, a melee weapon, a ranged weapon, something else, or a no-luck card. You're going to look up the symbol that you just drew in the fake card, you're going to cross-reference on the occurrence card, and it's going to tell you what bad thing is happening this turn. If it has a rip on it, R.I.P., then that card that effect is in play all the time until you draw another card that has R.I.P. Otherwise, you do the bad thing and go on with your life. Once you have the zombies on the board, the next thing you do is your turn. You get two actions each turn. The actions could be search through the fate deck, which basically means draw the top card, if it says no luck you discard it otherwise you could take it and put it on one of your empty equipment slots or trade it with one of your equipment that you already control or that you already have another action you could choose to do is to use your equipment and activate it for example you could shoot a gun or you could swing with a bat or eat the twinkies if you have twinkies and so on hopefully you've got weapons you could use such as guns or rifles or shotguns, and you're going to use these to attack the zombies. Each ranged weapon, and I think a lot of the close combat weapons also, have multiple hits per action that you spend. So for example, a handgun, I think you get to shoot it three times for each action. Each weapon also has a certain amount of damage they do per shot. And then you're going to flip a card for each shot you take, one of the fake cards. If it has no luck, nothing happened, you missed. If it doesn't have no luck, you hit, and that zombie takes damage. If there is a bullet or a blood stain on the card, behind the uh, card type icon, then it's an insta-kill. You hit him dead on, and the brain and the zombie just collapsed and fell over, which is awesome. So you can go through the... So whatever weapon you sh- you're using, you're going to go ahead... And take however many shots or whatever it is with it. Draw that many fake cards and hopefully kill a lot of zombies. The amount of damage a zombie takes is actually the damage a weapon does minus the distance a zombie is from you in spaces. So the closer they are the more likely to hit them and the more likely you are to kill them. That was the second part of the turn was taking your action. The first we drew zombies into the empty spaces. Now we took an action. Next any zombies next to us swing at us. That's the third phase. Or any zombies that have long arms that are two spaces away. Before a zombie does that, you have the ability to hold a zombie back. I'm guessing you kind of kick at it with your feet or something. I'm not sure. But you're going to draw a fake card. You're going to pick one zombie and you're going to draw a fake card. And if it isn't a no luck, you've held that zombie back and it's not going to do anything. Any other zombies that are eligible to attack this turn will attack. And if you get... Attacked by a zombie that's adjacent to you, you're going to get a bite, two bites and you're dead. If you get attacked by a zombie with long arms that's two spaces away, then he just scratches you. A scratch and a bite and you're dead, or multiple scratches, I think, don't do anything. Also, when you take damage, if three zombies bite you in the same round, that's still just one bite. So you're, you're not dying right away. So that was the third thing that happened. The zombies got to attack. And the fourth thing is finally the zombies all move towards you, any zombies that are still on the board. Once that's done, you go back to the beginning of the turn, you draw new zombie cards, you take your actions. Then you hold some back and some attack you, hopefully not, hopefully there aren't any there that could get you. And finally, you move the zombies towards you and you just keep doing this and it's just an endless wave of zombies coming at you. So, I mentioned that the the game brings some scenarios, and what I described was just the basic scenarios. There is also a scenario book, and if you use one of the story scenarios you're gonna you're gonna pick one, you're gonna read some text, and then you're gonna play your story and depending on the results, it'll tell you what happens in the end in the story, so there's a more flavor around the game. Some of the stories involve two or three games, so you'll play the game once you die, you'll look at your score. And depending on the score, you have a couple different scenarios you play after that, Depending again, depending on your score. So in a way, it's like a a choose-your-own-adventure book with a really big fight between each paragraph. Now, honestly, I've I've only had a few chances to play this game. I've only played about six or seven times, and I've only played the basic scenarios. I actually haven't had a chance to try the stories yet, but they do look neat. Well, I should say, um, as you heard in the interview, I did participate in the one scenario that was available for Halloween with the story. But I haven't actually done th- gone through the stories of any of the scenarios that came in the book. Okay, so I've kind of gone through and explained the game in a lot of detail. You have an idea how it works mechanically. When you play the game, the way it feels is sort of like, Oh man, I'm, I think I'm safe in the shack. I, I'm just going to hide out here and I think I'm going to be fine and not to worry about zombies. <coughs> oh, what was that? Oh damn, there's a zombie out there. Well. I've got a rifle and I'll shoot and I'll be fine. All right, that's gone. Huh? There's another one. Oh, there's more. right, they're starting to get close. I hope it stops soon. I'll be in trouble. Oh, man, there's more. They keep getting closer. And I'm almost out of ammo. Oh, man, what am I going to do? Oh, here's a baseball bat. As they get close, I'll just hit them with the bat and kill them. Bam, bam, bam oh man they keep coming they keep coming and eventually they overwhelm you that's that's pretty much the feel of the game it's pretty neat you start off you're feeling great you you're shooting at zombies and killing them and the first few rounds it seems like any zombie that appears instead dead and you know as long as it stays like this you'll be fine but sooner or later you start missing and they start getting closer Now you're making choices about which zombie to go for or do you want to look for cards instead. And actually I should say you probably want to do that at the beginning. look for equipment in that fake deck because if you don't do that you're not going to get a chance as they start getting closer. As the game progresses you're going to start running out of ammo. I think I forgot to mention that the different equipment have a a clip size. Each time you use that weapon and choose that weapon in your action and attack with it you're going to use one of those rounds up until that Weapon is out of rounds and then it's just dead weight. The, however, there are ammo cards in the Fate Deck that, that let you refill a ranged weapon back to its full capacity. But anyway, yeah, you're gonna be playing and little by little it's just gonna start getting more overwhelming and more overwhelming and you're gonna be throwing away weapons and hopefully you can replace them with other weapons and then you're kind of panicking because you're starting to use up turns that you'd love to be killing zombies you can use those turns to instead change weapons. And then they're going to start getting closer. And all you could do is hopefully if you have a bat or something like a machete. You know, swing at them as they're close. But little by little it's just going to start hitting you. And you're going to get bit and die. See, so you, you could probably tell that I like this game. I enjoy it a lot. I, I think I will leave the gameplay that. Let me tell you more about the components. The I really like them. The books are a... I don't know what kind of finish it has, but it has a nice feel to them. Everything's black in the deck, or in the box. The box is black, the rule books are black. The pages are black with, like, white letters on them. And there's, you know, dark pictures and whatnot. The cards, zombie deck, the card backs are black. And the other ones are brown, but they're decent quality. And then the scenario cards are nice, large-sized cards. So yeah, so this episode, probably long enough at this point. I think it might end up being about an hour long, or maybe a little bit over that. So I will leave it at that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I, I enjoyed recording a lot, and I really enjoyed talking to AJ. Well, that's the end of today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. You can also post comments on the Podcast Geek List on BoardGameGeek or come visit the One Player Guild on BoardGameGeek for comments and discussion and whatnot. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected under a Creative Commons license and can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published under Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. Thanks for listening.